On this episode of the BSB Podcast, we'll be talking with Andrew Nicholson and Bianca from the Nicholson Org. Born in Mississauga, Ontario, Andrew Nicholson is a professional basketball player who made his mark on and off the court. After playing college ball for St. Bonaventure University and graduating with a degree in physics, Andrew was drafted 19th overall in 2012 by the Orlando Magic. Nicholson's NBA career continued with the Washington Wizards, Brooklyn Nets, and Portland Trailblazers. Andrew continues to play professionally overseas. From college honors to NBA courts, Andrew Nicholson's journey is a story of hard work and dedication. Beyond the court, Andrew continues to build a diverse portfolio of businesses within North America and Asia. Bianca, a dedicated mother of two with a deep passion for basketball, she's also the CEO of the Nicholson Org Inc., overseeing the execution of Andrew's business vision across Canada, North America, and beyond. She has began her professional career in 1996 and has developed strong leadership and relationship management skills. Her profound involvement in the basketball community is evident through her commitment to the game in and out of the arena. She's an avid fan of the sport and looks to work with others who share her mission for giving back to our community through sport. So we're so excited for this conversation on BSB Podcast. We're going to be talking to Andrew Nicholson and Bianca today about his journey through basketball and how he kind of like manifested his business deals, but also why it's so important for us to have more black professionals in the sport business space. So let's get into that conversation. But we've read the bios. We know a bit more about you, Andrew, but tell us a bit more about how your journey began. Like, how did we get to this point? And tell us like what kind of like brought everything together for you. Well, for me, my journey began about 2006, 2007, I remember I went to a uh, uh, phase one basketball camp with, uh, and Steve Nash was one of the guests there. And I remember I seen him on, uh, on television and I was like, oh, so cool. Steve Nash is uh, a part of this camp talking to the kids. And um, from that point, I went to Father Gates where I was around a good group of guys in Mississauga. Uh, you know, David Tyndall was one of my guys over there. He's actually he's my trainer right now mm-hmm. when I'm, while I'm still playing. But uh, going from Father Gates, you know, I was able to be, like I said, surrounded by competitive guys, and it kind of grew on me, and the love for the game started there. And then St. Bonaventure eventually came up. You know, they came from small town New York as a very traditional, rich uh, basketball school. Yeah. I remember they came in at 6 a.m. to watch me, and they just loved what they saw. So they eventually gave me a full ride to St. Bonaventure, which I was excited about more so the education side mm-hmm, and the basketball mm-hmm. side was something that was a complimentary to it. But I remember, I think it was in my third year, Yeah. going into my third year, Coach Schmidt actually sat down with me. Uh, he's still there right now. Okay. He's doing a phenomenal job. And he said, you know, you're going to, you're good enough to be a pro if you really put your mind to it. And after having that conversation, you know, I remember he called my parents, you know, we had a long talk with them too. Mm-hmm. And I decided to switch majors. Okay, I, so what were you doing before? I was a chemistry major before. Oh, <laughs> yeah. so you were smart. <laughs> I, I chemistry, yeah. I said what? So you yeah. smart. Yeah. Okay, yeah. smart. Yeah. 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 A little less on the load, yeah. and I was able to do summer classes as well too, okay. which kind of lightened the load during the semester. So 
after having that conversation, <clears throat> I stayed extra time in the summer times. Mm -hmm. I put in all the hours during the season as well, too. Yeah. And I was fortunate enough to be drafted 19th to Orlando Magic. Amazing. You know, my hard work did pay off, you know, a lot of discipline in the hours. Cause it's, not, it's not easy balancing NCAA and science. You know what I mean? No, a lot of not. time management, it's a not. lot of discipline. But I had a good group of teachers who actually helped and supported me as well, mm -hmm. too. And, uh, yeah, my teammates, my coaches, they all understood the load I was going through, but they saw the work that I was putting in. And, and they kind of saw the end result, too. So they were able to support you on that journey. Exactly, well, right? yeah. So I have two questions. Mm -hmm. Was it always basketball, or were there other sports in the mix for you, like when you started doing sports? Uh, my dad, mm -hmm. he always wanted me to do baseball. So, yeah, because yeah. baseball. <laughs> I know. So I played baseball for seven years, actually, really? before I started basketball. I was a pitcher in first base, primarily. Yeah. I have the length, so I was yeah. naturally a good so first can baseman. Run? run? Uh, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> a couple steps to each base, you know? Okay, you know <laughs> My strides are pretty big, but <laughs> it was pretty hard to overthrow me, so I was okay. mostly in uh, the first base position. But. Okay, and then, so you, baseball was a, was a thing as mm -hmm. well, and then you transitioned into basketball. But when did you realize that, you know what, let me just look into doing this thing like at a college level because a lot of people, a lot of students actually, they come, they're from Canada, but they kind of mm. get stuck yeah. and they kind of realize that, you know what, I probably want to pursue this, but I'm better off staying here. Would you recommend leaving and going to the U.S. for that experience or would, I mean, depends on the student, but how was your experience leaving here and going to the States as a, as a student athlete? For basketball? Well, yeah. I saw the opportunity because up here, you know, I did want to stay up here and play um, basketball in the um, Ontario League. Mm -hmm. I was actually this close to going to York. I'm not going to lie. I was, I was this close. <laughs> I was this close. But I saw a better opportunity to stay a fifth year. I yeah. graduated in four years, and but I stayed a fifth year to um, basically get better yeah. at, at the sport. Because I saw it was, I was able to get a full ride as mm -hmm. opposed to actually paying for college up here. Yeah, I, I'm a scholarship athlete too, so totally understand the dynamics yeah. in terms of like, okay, cool, you're a student and then you're an athlete. Yeah. Balancing that, any, any advice for people who are like, I want to be a student athlete, the balance part of it, what, what worked well for you? You got to prioritize. A lot of prioritizing, a lot of discipline, because mm -hmm. like you said in the phrase, student athlete, you're a student first and you're an athlete after. So you have to make sure that you're taking care of your academics first, mm -hmm. which will enable you to have more freedom and success to work on your sport. Because right. if you're really good at sports, but you're not doing well in the classroom, you know, it's a whole a, problem. Yeah, there's a lot of penalties. <laughs> They'll either say you can't play or coach will be mad at you and all this stuff. You don't want to go through that. So I always prioritize my academics first, mm -hmm. and then I worked on my game kind of after. And because of the workload that I had, like I said earlier before, yeah. I did a lot of summer school. Every session I was there, you know, from May, June, and July, and then probably half of August, that's all we had. So I, I'd literally come home for like two weeks. I was going to say, so you basically didn't live here. You're like, I was there. I was at Bonaventure the, the whole, whole time. Yes, I was there a very okay. long time. Yeah, yeah. And Bonaventure is NCAA. What division is it? Division one. D1, right? Yeah. For people who don't know, mm. which is awesome. I went D2 because, you know, I can't take the stress of D1 <laughs> because that's very, very demanding. But yeah. you got your degree, you yeah. finished. Yeah. And you, now you have those tools in your toolkit, right? But you decided to go pro. Mm -hmm. What was that process like for you in terms of like, okay, my coaching, I can do it. My parents are on board. Now we're going to do this. Was it super intimidating, the whole idea of like being a part of the draft and figuring out what the next step looked like? Absolutely. I mean, I didn't go the prep school route. I mm -hmm. didn't go the high-level AAU route. I went to Father Gates in Mississauga. Right. I went to a small D1 school in the U.S. So mm -hmm. 
I already knew that I was already an underdog in that aspect. So the chip that I had on my shoulder was, you know, no one's going to really get me handouts. I have to actually go out and earn it. So all those hours that I put in, you know, working on my, my touch, working on my moves, really paid off for me when I went into the pre-draft uh pre-draft uh, process mm -hmm. and it was so new for me because I was seeing a lot of guys who I would see on TV yeah you know I remember going to the Miami workout I'd see LeBron there I'd mm -hmm. go to another team see another superstar and it's like wow you know I'm actually you know like I'm really here so now it's time to you know it's time to get to it time to get to it put the nerves behind you and just do all that you can do to help yourself become successful because when success uh, sorry, when preparation meets opportunity, that's when you have success. So true. So would you consider yourself successful in that sense, in the sense where, yep, I got to draft, I got to Atlanta Magic. Have you considered yourself successful at that point? You're like, okay, cool. I'm on to this next stop. Am I, am I here? Am I good? Or was there more that you wanted to achieve in that time? There's always more. There's always more. I'm never, I'm never, never <laughs> I'm never satisfied. There's always more. So I always did the best that I could to get to the next step, the next level, whether it was maintaining my body, maintaining my game, maintaining what I do on and off the court. Okay. And that's awesome because a lot of people don't really realize all the different components that go mm -hmm. into that. So it takes a village. You mentioned before you had the support from your students, your teachers, your coaches, your family, just to get there. When did you, when did you yourself, because they knew it before you did, but when did you realize that, wait a minute, I'm coming from Father Gates, I'm going to State Bonaventure, but I'm leading myself to the draft. When was that moment it kind of clicked to you that, Oh, my gosh, this can actually happen. I would say towards the end of my third year, I could have came out my third year. I know they were projecting me probably late, late second round. But mm -hmm. I told myself, you know, education was always something I, I would have forever. So if I would have three years, might as well finish off the last year. Mm -hmm. Get better, get a degree, and see where I can go. And fortunately enough for me, all the preparation that I did, I had four years to prepare for that, okay. got me to get drafted to the Orlando Magic in the first round. Awesome. And it's cool because a lot of people don't really realize this, but when you get there and you're doing all these things, there's a seat in yourself and you see that moment, you feel a little bit of pride. You feel a little bit of accomplishment that comes with that. Absolutely. And getting to that moment is also not for you, but for other people. Yeah. Just so you could be an example to be like, okay, you don't have to necessarily come from a prep school and the process that people are familiar with mm -hmm. to be successful and to see that success. Yeah. So it's super duper important. I want to ask you, about the biggest challenges you faced um, during that time frame. When you get to the point where you're like, okay, we're doing this, everybody's on board, and we're now in this, this draft process, we're at the Magic. What are the two like, biggest challenges you faced and how did you manage to kind of turn those? Well, like I said, you know, I was always an underdog. You know? mm -hmm. I wasn't really, you know, like I didn't have that high level name that a lot of these guys did from the high level school, so I had to actually go in and, and, and prove myself. So, a big challenge for me was also getting used to the uh, the lifestyle. Is mm. getting used to the uh, the length of the season because you know okay. in college you're usually playing like thirty some games yeah. and you go to an eighty two game season. So um, that's a shift. It's it's a lot. <laughs> it's you like, know, just it's a lot. Your stuff. No yeah. big deal. It's a lot. Yeah. So one thing I learned to help overcome that was just to you know stay in my lane, focus on me, work on myself, mm -hmm. and work on the skills that I could have to help the team be successful in any way possible. Okay. And also, treating basketball not just as a job and a sport, but as a lifestyle. So okay. how I ate yeah. was always basketball was in mind. Who I was around, basketball was around. How I slept, who mm -hmm. I, taking care of myself was always geared towards basketball at the end of the day. 
it's funny because the reason why I stopped running drug was because of that. Right. Yeah, like I was over track telling me what to do. Right. It told you what to eat. It told you when to eat, what to wear, who you're around. And you're mm -hmm. like, can I just be a whole normal human being for like five minutes yeah. instead of having the sport consume you? But people don't know that. Mm. And people don't know that when you're committed to the sports and you're committed to these like different adventures, it consumes you. Oh. And it's all encompassing of your whole entire life. It's a marriage. It's, yeah. <laughs> it is. Sometimes healthy, sometimes not so healthy. Yeah. But yes, <laughs> it's a marriage nonetheless. And people, I'm, I'm happy you said that because a lot of people yeah. don't really understand the inner workings of that. Right. And it's super duper important. Mm -hmm. What did those lessons teach you about yourself? It taught me that I am disciplined, you know? Mm -hmm. And I had a lot of help from going to St. Bonaventure, having four years of doing that, because like I would literally Bonaventure, amazing people, amazing yeah. school, super small. There was no distractions. I love a so small school. It's super small, small mm -hmm. town. So I didn't have like a lot of nightclubs to go to. I didn't have a lot of parking to go to. It was just me and the court and the classroom, which was very very good. So awesome. being able to bounce that and transition it to the NBA, I knew that, you know, I couldn't be going out and doing all this stuff. Mm. I had to take care of my body. I had to take care of my, my rest, my recovery, right. maintain that so I could get the best that I could out of myself. So that kind of set pace for you. So, I think it did. Yeah, so you're sense, like, yeah. no, but my mom, when, when they dropped me off at school in the middle of nowhere, mm -hmm. they were very excited because there's no distractions for me because they yeah. know I needed no distractions because I'd be up in the club all the time. Yeah, she so came they, to Bonnie's, man. They came, <laughs> <laughs> I but I was on the other side in the middle of nowhere yeah. having the same struggles watching like sunflowers in the fields. Yeah. But um, totally understand that discipline. I, my friend sent me a, a clip from Venus Williams this week and he was talking about in order for you to get what you want, you have to be disciplined. Yes. And discipline unlocks keys to be able to like give you all the freedom you want as long as you're dedicated to what you what you see and your vision and you commit to it it unlocks other doors what other doors has basketball unlocked for you oh man it's unlocked a lot of doors for me it's enabled me to become a businessman that i am now it's enabled mm -hmm. me to see parts of the world that i've never ever thought i would ever see or even be in yeah and it's enabled me to take care of my friends and family which has been a big deal big deal because a lot of people don't get that opportunity right Playing overseas, I've never done it. I've only been out of the country in North America, but you know, mm -hmm. I have the fundamentals of life. Yeah. Playing overseas, how is that mentally for you? Because you're there on your own. Mm -hmm. Nobody's coming to your home games to rah, rah, rah you. You know, you're kind of used <laughs> to that kind of camaraderie and that family being there. Yeah. How are you, how do you manage that? Playing overseas, I, I'll be honest with you, it was tough mm -hmm. the first month, month and a half that I was there, but I had to come out of my shell and start to embrace where I was. Okay. So, like, going over there, like, I played in China. I played mm -hmm. in there. I've been in Asia for the last six, seven years. And it's a complete 180 from how we are over here in the West. Right. So I had to either, A, just pack up my stuff and say, I don't want to do it. <laughs> or, B, I had to, you know, just, okay, let me take a step back, take a deep breath, and let me embrace why I'm here. Because right. everyone else seemed happy. So why couldn't I be happy? Hmm. So I started to go hang on my teammates, started to learn the language, Started to try the you food. Speak Mandarin? I, I I picked up a little a little Hold Mandarin on, no. just just to get around. This chemistry dude speaks Mandarin. <laughs> Not fluently though. You know it's okay. Yeah. We'll take the one two words. We'll yeah. Mandarin. We'll, yeah. speak, we'll speak Mandarin. A little bit. Yeah. Okay. But All right. being able to embrace that, you know, I started to enjoy the stuff over there. You know, I started to enjoy like certain delicacies over there that I would like to eat. Enjoy mm -hmm. hanging out with my teammates. You know, seeing their perspective, how yeah. they are on and off the court. 
and I'm there for like seven, eight months out of the year, right? So that's a while. It, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> the first few years was tough, but as I started embracing it, mm -hmm. it became easy. Bianca loves to say being present. Mm. How has being present in these moments? So I know a lot of people are always like on to the next, on to the next. How has being present helped you appreciate where you are? You got to just absorb what you have around you at that time. You never know, you know, the future is not promised, right? Mm -hmm. The past is just a, a void check, an expired check. So being present is something that you need to do if you want to get the best of the situation that you're in, from my opinion. In, in, oh, you're humble. Okay. <laughs> yeah. In your humble opinion. Um, it's important because I feel like a lot of people, myself included, I'm very guilty of this. I do not take the time to actually appreciate where I've come from mm -hmm. and more focus on where is next. Where is next, yeah. And I want to ask you about Nicholson Org. Did you always have that vision in your mind or was it something that you felt you needed to do based on who you are and where you've come from and wanting to do more for other people? Or is it like a next step in your next step in your in your in your succession here? Yeah, I mean, so the Nicholson organization, it's the father company of all my entities that I have right mm -hmm. now. So a lot of my businesses are all derived through my passions and what I like to do, what I like to experience. I have a few restaurants in there. Okay. I have my facility called the Rec 44. It's mm -hmm. a basketball facility. Uh, my nonprofit, you know, my real estate, which is in North America and Asia. Yeah. So that kind of governs all of that. Yeah. Why business? Why business? Mm -hmm. Why did I go into business? Mm -hmm. uh, well, I started to just hung out in China and just Buy yeah. like you didn't have yeah. to come back and do all of this. So yeah. I'm just super curious what motivated you to get involved. Well, for me, I had to financially teach myself mm -hmm. how to, you know, get the best of the, the money that I've been making. So mm -hmm. I've been investing since 2014, which is okay. like my second year in the league, but I've only been in like stocks and stuff. Mm. I wanted to start to transition into hard assets and passions that I was really getting into. Like, for instance, the restaurant stuff. You know, yeah. We have Crumble that just came here in Mississippi. Like yeah, exactly. So that. this is a venture that I partnered with. <laughs> I know, right? I, know. Okay. I do like to eat. <laughs> I know, I've seen it. Yeah. So this is a venture that I partnered with my old teammate Tobias mm -hmm. and his friend Charles. And we were starting to bring um, Crumble to, to Canada. So this is going to be three that we're going to be bringing in Ontario. And it's going to be. Amazing. It's been great so far. The one First at Heartline has been fantastic. I'm very appreciative of Crumble. Oh, thank you. Because <laughs> I love me a cookie boy. Yeah. And I will never say no to a cookie, so I appreciate yeah. you doing this for everybody else. Absolutely. Because <laughs> you giving The back. least I can do. <laughs> I, and it's appreciated. Yeah. Why Crumble, though? Crumble? Yeah. Well, I know Tobias has a couple already. Okay. And we've had conversations together. And, you know, being from Mississauga, I was like, you know, wouldn't it be a bad idea to bring that establishment up here? And cookies don't hurt nobody. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> you know, us Canadians, we love we love our desserts. So it's, Absolutely. Yeah. Amazing. So you have 44 Hoops. Tell us a little bit more about that and kind of yeah. what the whole idea behind 44 Hoops is. So 44 Hoops was started about nine years ago. Mm -hmm. And it was my way of giving back to the community. I wanted to give the youth in our community the outlet to become student athletes. I wanted to experience the student athlete. So essentially, we embody the student athlete experience. Gotcha. Kind of like how I did. Yeah. But yeah. I know a lot of the youth these days, not everyone's going to go to Duke. Not everyone's going to go to these high level schools. And there's so many other options, you know, they there, need to there, know about that. There is, exactly. Yeah. So the route that I took, I want them to, to know that, you know, I was 
in the position that you were. Mm -hmm. And you're able to become successful through that path as well, too. So with 44 Hoops, I want to make sure that they also embody that the discipline you put on the cl that you put towards getting better on the court, mm -hmm. you just translate that to doing it in the classroom as well, too. So as bad as you want your jump shot and your handles to be good, you should yeah. want to get your marks up and your math, your history, and all that. Because they go together. They work together. They work together very well. And I want they have them good results. They do. Because <laughs> I want them to use basketball to get where they want to be in life and not right. have basketball use them. Because mm. basketball, it'll, it'll chew you up and spit you out if, you don't, if you're not careful. Yeah. But if you are disciplined and you care about where you want to go, mm -hmm. you can use that sport to get you where you need to go. And I love that because for me, sport was always a vehicle to cha that changed my life, essentially. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't for sport, I don't think I'd know who I was. It gave me the yeah. chance to identify my strengths, my weaknesses, mm -hmm. how to work on them, how to be a better person, how to lead. It gave me all these character building tools. And I, more than anything else, one of the reasons why I go so hard for sport yeah. is because I want it to do that for other people. Mm -hmm. I want it to be a tool for other people to be able to say, hey, I can be X, Y, Z. My potential is limitless. And sport kind of gave me as a gift. Yep. And I love when you said that because now you're, you're extending your gift that sport gave you to yep. somebody else as a kickback. Exactly. Exactly. I want them to know that, you know, it's possible. You know, use the sport to get where you need to go. It, and, yeah, use the sport. Don't let the sport use you. Yeah, exactly. You know, we all have stories <laughs> Heard that about before, how, a few times. Yeah. How, how that can go. Yeah. So I want to talk to Bianca now. I want to... Andrew has this amazing journey. He's up here speaking Mandarin and eating chicken in China <laughs> and all this stuff. And I'm like, you're his CEO of his business entity. Yes. Why was it important for you to have a woman of color here? I think it's very important to have a woman of color as my CEO because mm -hmm. it shows that there is opportunity for people who are in her position. Mm -hmm. She's done a great job. She's known me forever. <laughs> you <laughs> know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. She's, no, she's, known me, she's known me since I was very, very young and I, and I trust her. Right. I trust her with her, her business sense. I trust her with her having my best interest mm -hmm. and I trust her with managing all my entities because I'm still playing. I'm still yeah. an active player. So while I'm over there, yeah. I need someone who's going to be holding the fort down running the businesses and making sure it's up to where the standards it needs to be. And she's been in business for a very long time. Mm -hmm. So she has a perfect candidate to actually do that. Very long time. Well, <laughs> Let me talk to the perfect candidate. Yeah. So, Bianca, yes. why did you want to support Andrew and his initiatives? Well, I feel you should ask me that question before you talk to him. Because <laughs> he answers so many of what I wanted to say. Okay. I've been fortunate to know Andrew before he got drafted to the NBA courts. Mm -hmm. Andrew is committed to sharing his student-athlete journey, and so much of what he talks about resonates with me. Okay. His love for giving back, the community, the youth, mm -hmm. and creating opportunities, this is it right here. Yeah, because he's giving you an opportunity, yes. right? Yeah. And he, there's not a room we go in that he doesn't let anybody know, this is my second-in-command. Mm -hmm. And sometimes he'll say, talk to her, don't yeah. even talk to me. And that's huge. And you know why that's so huge too, Bianca? Because as women in these spaces that are predominantly male, we don't often get the respect that we need and we need cosigns from men. And Andrew's doing a fantastic job of making sure that people know, listen, yes. don't need to undermine her because she's me, I'm her. Yes. Yeah. Right? And I don't think a lot of men understand the role they play in garnering that respect for women and the role that they have to play in terms of like sponsoring women in that yeah. regard. So 100%. I'm happy you said that. 
hundred percent. I've been in corporate since '96, mm -hmm. and I have to give Andrew his flowers. He makes sure. <laughs> that he lets everybody know like he we had a moment um after the long weekend and i asked him what was the best moment for him mm -hmm. and i'm gonna share this maybe he might get mad at me after but his best moment from what, what was an incredible work weekend he said every time i introduced you as my ceo and that pride. Uh, yep. that was everything mm -hmm. it really was because he does it it's yep. not words it's actions and that's important. And that is huge. There's nothing he he says that he doesn't back up. Hmm. And as this kind of partnership with what he's doing, not only here in Canada, in North America, and as he mentioned, Asia, yeah, this matters. It does. And it makes sense now that he's shared a bit more of his background, the discipline he's had in his life kind of carries all the way through to when he does certain things. Yeah. And that's super important. The discipline he garnered from play ball, knowing his potential, understanding what he can do, is all leveraging to you and you know empowering you with that which is amazing what do you want other women of color to know about working on the business side of sport because let me tell you something you know <laughs> i've been here for a hot minute i've been working in sport now for over 12 years yeah. and there are not very many women who get opportunities to excel and to grow what piece of advice do you have for them like now that you're in this position kicking butt doing your thing what can you, how do you want to encourage women to do more of it? Mm, great question. Any time. <laughs> really good at a few butts. Andrew could be my co-sign on that. Yeah. Um, again, being in corporate, and I've gone through my own struggles, entering this space, mm -hmm. I thought it was going to be 10 times worse. I did. Yeah. Um, this is sport. It's not something I come from. Mm -hmm. um, being corporate in many different, uh, well, two different sectors, mainly in my career since 96. And I have to say, it's actually been the most welcoming space. Okay. There's not a boardroom or a room I've been in where the majority of it was in support. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that has to be accredited to Andrew, too, because when we walk in a room, he barely shakes hands and says, I'm Andrew, mm -hmm. before he introduces me. Right. And that goes a long way. I think us as women in color, um, we have to share a story, mm -hmm. stay authentic. And if we're not, if I wasn't sharing with Andrew my struggles, he wouldn't know. He wouldn't know. Correct. And he can't support me in that way. Yeah, so if we came into her. this and I'm just sitting there and I'm like, okay, Andrew, and I'm not sharing with him, how can he support me? Mm -hmm. Or how can he give me a, maybe challenge what I'm thinking? Right. And that has been huge for us. Communication, mm -hmm. trust, respect, and really just sharing. But One of the hardest things for many women of color is using their voice. Mm. Have you been able to use your voice? And how do you feel using it? So this journey um, started organically. Andrew and I had a conversation just about, it was one simple thing in May. Mm -hmm. And like I said earlier, his, his passion for sharing his journey as a student athlete, yeah. the way that resonated with me and his love for being an entrepreneur and doing business, that was a slam dunk yes for me. Okay. We literally within minutes had a conversation mm -hmm. and it was a yes. Okay. And I don't think I regret it yet. I don't know if he has. No, we're going to check out the episode but four. We're going to yes. see how that goes. Um, it's been great. Mm -hmm. And I think telling your story, and we talk about having voices. Yeah. You have a platform. Andrew has a platform. I have a platform. I have, I mean, my journey started a little while ago with using my platform to speak more as a senior leader. And now having this opportunity as his CEO 
yeah. and being in different spaces, speaking your truth and being the voice for all of those next to us, above us, behind us that mm -hmm. don't have a voice or don't know how to use their voice. It's everything. We have to speak up. We do. We do. And I think um, one of the challenges is getting everybody comfortable or emboldened to speak up, right? I'm not comfy and right now, but I'm speaking. But you're speaking a lot. <laughs> you say a lot of things and a lot of important things that yeah. people need to hear and understand. Yeah. I want to ask an unpopular question. Okay. I want to ask how you guys navigate, because I know that we're Canadian based. If you have US meetings or you have Canadian meetings, is there a difference with how you navigate the spaces on the US side or on the Canadian side? Do you find there's any difference in the sports business space navigating it in any way, shape or form? In terms of my business? Or in terms of your business? My business? Yeah. I keep it all the same. It's easier that way. So, like I said, if we have a meeting in the U.S., mm -hmm. I still introduce her as my CEO. Okay. Everything is still up to the Nicholson Organization's protocol, regardless of where we're going to be, Canada, U.S., So you North maintain America. that consistency? I maintain that, absolutely. Do you find that you see more representation on a U.S. side or versus the Canadian side, or is that something? Because I'm, I'm, mm. I've been here, and yeah. I'm like looking around. There's not a lot of women leadership on this side as much yeah. in comparison. Well, to be, to, I mean, a lot of my, uh, most of my entities are on the Canadian side mm -hmm. than it is from the U.S., so, I mean, I'm just saying. I, I might take that question. I mean, again, yeah. in the U.S., I do find that people were more welcoming mm -hmm. when he introduced me. Um, I think corporate Canada still has a hard time. Corporate Canada has a way to go. Yes. Yes. And I accepting us in spaces, the quicker question mm -hmm. what this is about where we were just down for summer league, for example, right. and there was nobody he introduced me to that I feel I didn't get that respect right away. Yeah. And the yeah. conversations were intense around business. Mm -hmm. Here, they're like, oh, so what, what do you, you mean? Do? Yeah, what do you mean my CEO? <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> or sometimes they thought yeah. he was using code for something else. I'm like, no, it's CEO. And I shake their hand again and say, it, say the acronym out. You know, it's like, yeah. and. And I mean, I don't want to be biased, but that's why I no. said unpopular question. Yeah. But I wanted to just get your thoughts on that, especially as you navigate the space. Um, so we're going to do a pivot, all right? Because I, I like to pivot, no pun intended on your whole basketball thing. I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be you know, inclusive. Um, how important is it for you guys to create pathways for black, black students and black student athletes to be able to access business and access sports? He looked at me. I don't know who you're talking to, him or me. Yeah, I'm talking know. to both of you. <laughs> no, the question was actually done um, for the both of you. I'm going to jump in first. And mm -hmm. I, I definitely, I mean, his story is incredible. Um, for me, I think Andrew's one of the greatest Canadian st stories never told. Mm -hmm. He really is. He embodies what a student athlete represents. And I think with what he started with 44 Hoops really came from heart and soul, kind of like what you did with BSB. It's his experiences, is what he actually went through. Mm -hmm. He didn't just create something because it looked good, it sounded good, and here's some money, let me put it behind it. Yeah. And I think with the opportunities out of 44 Hoops, whether it's education or giving them the opportunity to play sport, which is basketball, and he may expand to do other things later on, Yeah. I think that is phenomenal, mm -hmm. right? And his focus now, um, obviously his pillars have evolved yeah um as you grow you evolve i don't know how much we're allowed to share here but 44, not too much you can share oh we can oh, share we can, can share. share all right so 44 groups <laughs> has just created an arm called 44 cares mm -hmm. and that is andrew dedicating that space to young girls in sports mm -hmm. ah. and yep. um i'm not sure if i have full authorization yet to say the little girl who's going to be our first junior ambassador to lead that division and now you got my whole attention 
Okay. <laughs> we can have another show on that one. We can have a whole other conversation about that. But yes. I think, again, being a student athlete mm -hmm. and having lived that journey and actually done it, it's why what he's doing with 44 Hoops as we come up to our 10th anniversary is going to be so incredible. So you're almost 10 years old. I didn't know that. Next year mm -hmm. will yeah, be your 10-year anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. Nine and one is 10. Yes. Last time I checked. Yes. So that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You can attend one of our camps. <laughs> I can tell my I want to be a student athlete all over again. Yeah. But how important is it for you, Andrew, to be able to give back and create pathways for other people that look like you in the space to have access to sport and have access to understand that they can grow in business as well? Honestly, it's an amazing feeling because, as she said, I've, I've been through it mm -hmm. and I want to give them the outlet and the opportunity to actually take the, path, the same path or an even better path yeah. to get to where they need to go. And it's not just, you know, something that I just pulled out of the air. It's something that I've actually been through. Yeah. I've been through. I've lived it. So I'm such a great feeling mm -hmm. of being able to give them this opportunity. You know what I love the most about this is I feel like a lot of people hear the LeBron stories. A lot of people hear the stories about Andrew Wiggins. But this story, Andrew, I love it because it's you and it's authentically you. Yeah. Like you have been able to create something not only for yourself but for other people mm -hmm. out of sheer determination. Yeah. Right? And having people understand that, hey, I might not be the top, top, top thing or the top, top draft. Yeah. But you can also do awesome things Absolutely. by just believing in yourself and being completely dedicated to something yep. is super, super cool. And 100% authentic in what yes. he's doing. Yes. Right? And um, like I said, I really believe Andrew is one of the greatest stories just never told. Never told. And in Canada, we're not good at doing that. We're getting better at storytelling. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I have to say stuff like that. Um, but I find that telling the stories that impact a certain community yeah. is yeah. something that we're not doing well all the time. No. So this is why I'm so excited to have you guys here have these conversations so other people have access to the reality, to their realities, and know that, you know what, I might not be, I mean, look at me for example, I'm not, the, I'm not Shelly and Fraser Price, let's keep it 100, mm. but I was able to parlay that experience into something awesome and then leverage that into giving other people opportunities, right? Definitely. You don't have to always be the best to do the best things. Right. And that's what I love about that. Um, I'm going to ask you guys another question. Because it's a BSB-related question. But why do you think it's necessary to be black in sport business? I think it's very necessary. And, and just to uh, highlight the stuff that you guys are doing at BSB, mm -hmm. I love the fact that you are able to connect young black professionals together mm -hmm. so we can network make connections and elevate each other yeah. in the in the world of business. That's something I'm very uh, <laughs> very happy that you guys are doing that. I'm, whatever I can do to help to be a part of that, you know you got me. Thank you. It, it's important. We never had that before. We never knew where each other were. I, I think building a community is something that we're not good at sometimes because we're a little busy competing with each other or seeing what everybody else is doing and focused on what we have to do. So... I appreciate what you guys are doing at building the 44 Hoops community and creating that space for young people, but also reaching back and, and supporting other groups because that's also super important. So the support you give me is amazing, and I, I want to just say out loud how much I, I'm grateful for that. How do people support you guys? Like, what do people have to do to be like, I want to support Nicholson Org or 44 Hoops. Like, what does this look like? 
of 44 Hoops. I mean, get on the website, get involved. You can sign up as a volunteer. They definitely could come out to any of the give back we have, any of the programs that we have. We have Andrew Doe's Clinic. And if they want to be part of the Nicholson Org, as Andrew continues to build, there'll be opportunities that will be posted and they definitely can apply. So let us know your sites, your pages. Is it, I, I know because, you know, I know. But for <laughs> you don't know don't all know, of them yet. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a new one. More to, new. <laughs> more to come. But more to come. And, and that's exciting because there's so much more to grow in this space. But when yep. people want to touch with you, Instagram, like what's the, what's the handle? 44 Hoops. 44 Hoops? 44 Hoops Org. Oh. 44. 44. Four, four. Four, four. I love that. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you, guys. Thank no you problem. for an honest, open conversation. And I'm looking forward to seeing what else comes from this whole entire venture. And congrats, by the Absolutely. way. Absolutely. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank so you so much for having, for having us. us. Anytime. I mean, I was there when you started this journey with BSB. And you deserve your flowers, too, because it's spaces like this mm -hmm. that we get to use our voices. And mm -hmm. I saw something just a few days ago. Um, Coach Pop is not the only one who's leading the way. Andrew Nicholson's leading the way too with Amazing. what he's doing by doing this. Because having a woman of color mm -hmm. sit as his CEO and second in command is huge. Revolutionary. Especially in the Canadian market. Like, I just want to say that out loud. Yeah. We need it's to not, say it out loud. We need to say it out loud. We need it's to not, say it out it's loud. It's not a regular everyday thing. So, this is for so, Andrew Nicholson. 100%. No, thank you guys. He gets claps. He gets Everybody. I love yes. that. And looking forward to the next, what's coming next. And, you know, I'll be in the mix in all capacities. Absolutely. And we appreciate so. that. Always. Always. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on BSB Podcast. So excited to have a conversation with Andrew and Bianca about 44 Hoops and Andrew's awesome journey in basketball. See you on the next one. Catch you. Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. We're looking forward to catching you on the next episode of the BSB Podcast.